are listening to TKO on CFRU Radio 93.3 FM in Guelph, Ontario, and available worldwide at CFRU.ca. What is happening, everybody? What is good with y'all? It's your girl, Janan, right here on TKO. As you already know, here on TKO, all we talk about is mixed martial arts, also known as MMA, and other combat sports, too. We also discuss the issues that surround the world of fighting and talk about notable fighters and athletes and how they all got started in the game and, of course, where they are now. So... What is good with everybody out there? Um, as always, I'm just so happy to be here today. It is a beautiful day outside today, so that could be partially one of the main reasons why I'm in such a great mood today. But um, yeah, man, like overall, it is uh, like I can't believe we've come so far already in the mar- in the month of March. And uh, yeah, it's just unbelievable how fast this whole year has been going by. And uh, yeah, it's just, I I don't even know how to comprehend it all, to be honest with you guys. But uh, one thing that I do cherish at this moment is that, you know, it's so weird. Like, I could be wrong completely, and this could be some complete bro science, but I feel like as the weather gets better... And also there's other occasions, of course, that uh, the the sports promotions, especially fight promotions, would put on such great fights, specifically talking about like end of the year fights, of course, like that makes sense because, you know, it's New Year's Eve or what have you. And they just want to put on great fights so that people buy them, pay for the pay-per-views and they, they have a lot of sales. But also this is my other theory. And that is that as the weather gets better, I feel like promoters specifically actually specifically mixed martial arts uh, promoters like the UFC, uh, they would put on better and better fights for all of us fans out here. For example, why else would we have International Fight Week in July, like in the middle of summer? Like, why don't we just have it in like February, you know? Uh, So I feel like as the weather gets better, I feel like people just uh, are in this mood to to enjoy themselves a little bit more, at least when it comes to sports and treat themselves a little bit more when it comes to buying pay-per-views and just spending time watching sports on TV. So, and I mean, what a great thing that actually is. I mean, I don't care if it's in the middle of winter or if it's in the middle of summer, I will still turn on my TV. I will still pull up whatever um, uh, uh, website to watch my fights because that's how hardcore of a fan I am personally. And I'm sure there are a lot of people out there who are just like me or even more extreme. But um, yeah, just like I said, this good weather definitely adds on to how enjoyable um, that that match and that fight itself actually is. It's just, I don't know, you're just generally more happy. So just enjoy it a little bit more, a, a, a little bit more. So uh, <laughs> enough of that rant, y'all. OK, this upcoming week, it is going to be a great, great weekend uh, in the world of combat sports. We are going to be having another numbered pay-per-view card by the one and only UFC, of course. It is going to be UFC 248. And personally, 
I've been looking forward uh, specifically to the main event of this evening, which is going to be headlined by a championship bout, a middleweight championship bout between Israel Adesanya, the current middleweight champion at the UFC, and the title contender, a guy who I truly, truly love and am a huge, huge fan of. The one and only Yoel Romero. So these two guys are going to be going at it this Saturday night, March 7th at 10 p.m. Starting at 10 p.m. Eastern. And of course, that is going to be uh, a co-featured uh, with another bout, a um, co-main event, which is another championship bout between Zhang Wei Li, who is currently the, the strawweight champion in the UFC. And she's going to be fighting off against the former strawweight champion Yoana Yanjajak, uh, Yoana, uh, she she used to go by Yoana the champion, but uh, she's not the champion anymore, so it's a little bit weird. Some people just call her JJ. We'll call her, call her Yoana. We'll give give a try uh, uh, at her last name. I think we're pronouncing it correctly, but um, I, I do apologize to all people out there if they do have a alternative pronunciation of Yoana the champ's um, last name. But uh, I, I'm gonna give myself uh, a, a break here. Anyway, so uh, those are going to be the two main important fights of UFC 248. But having said that, you guys make sure that you still catch up with all the preliminary fights and all the other fights that are going to be on the main card of UFC 248. We have Benil Daryush fighting once once again after such a long layoff uh, on this card. And he's going to be going at it against a very, very dangerous opponent, Jakar Kloche. And uh, we have Neil Magny fighting on this card. We have uh, Alex the Cowboy Oliveira fighting. Oh my goodness. We have so many great fights overall on fight night. Oh, and uh, of course, how could I not mention Sean O'Malley, who's had, uh, I think he's had like a two-year layoff so far in the UFC because of suspensions and whatnot. Uh, but uh, that has definitely been to his advantage because watching his um, uh, training camp videos, he's shown that he's put on a good amount of muscle and that he's trained harder to, uh, to be a stronger fighter overall. Originally, he was really, really skilled, but now having this added advantage of extra power because of those um, extra pounds of muscle, having put on those extra pounds of muscle, um, yeah, we'll see what happens on fight night. So these are some of the main fights and some of the main fighters who are going to be featured on the main card and also the preliminary card of UFC 248. Israel Adesanya versus Yoel Romero. Okay, so yeah, of course we're going to be breaking it down today on our show. Uh, I've been, like I said, I've been looking forward to this moment for for many many weeks, and uh, things uh, seem to be going well and as planned for for most fighters at least. Uh, I've been catching up with the vlog series on YouTube that the UFC usually put, puts out during fight week, and uh, you know just looking at the fighters how they've been training, how their spirits are. Uh, everybody looks great, knock on wood. Uh, we obviously don't want to jinx anything. Hopefully everybody makes weight properly and everything goes as planned. I'm personally really, really excited. And so, yes, we're going to be thoroughly breaking down this UFC 248 fight card. 
But other than that, uh, we I feel like it's really important to also talk about some of the other headlines that have been circulating around in the world of combat sports. And specifically, these belong to the world of boxing. So you guys, uh, actually, so, uh, okay, this is like my review for this um, episode. And now without further ado, let's get started. Finally, after seven minutes of just talking to you guys. Anyway, so let's get started. Okay, so like I said, before we get started with the breakdown of UFC 248, I really do want to talk about um, some of those headlines and uh, uh, things that have been talked about in the uh, combat sports community, uh, specifically in boxing. So you guys already remember that the fight between Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder already, it's been already two weeks since that fight actually took place. And we already broke it down in our previous episode uh, of how that whole fight went down, uh, what the outcome was, how each guy performed. So, uh, you guys already know by now, of course, that uh, Deontay Wilder didn't really perform to the level that we all expected him to. His performance overall was a little bit disappointing. Um, Early on in the fight, he started absorbing a lot of heavy shots from Tyson Fury, and that definitely affected him a lot. But the main question was, um, why would someone like Deontay Wilder, who has such deadly shots of himself... You know, uh, with regards to striking, a person who is regarded arguably as one of the greatest knockout artists um, himself, what would someone like that absorb such shots and not be um, careful about them? You know, what there should have been something outside, uh, outside that ring, something that had probably t- uh, taken place prior to the fight that affected Deontay Wilder's performance. And lo and behold, Deontay Wilder himself later, actually early on this week, came out saying that because we all know how uh, how um, Deontay Wilder loves to be um, opulent and be ostentatious with his, um, you know, with his uh, uh, jewelry and his cars and his luxurious lifestyle. And usually when he comes out, he tends to come out in this really elegant custom costume um he has this mask on usually that covers um from his nose down um it's usually just iced out it is beautiful it's probably really expensive and he's i think he mostly comes out with a crown on as well but this time around when he came out prior to this fight against tyson fury his his costume um looked a little bit too extra like more extra than usual and i say that because not only did he have all those um um, gems and uh, jewelry on his costume but also he had uh, i think he had like led lights also on his costume and i'm not to be honest with you guys i'm not exactly sure what his costume was made of uh but it looked really at least it looked a little bit heavy, like it wasn't something that you would wear in Halloween and whatnot. You know what I mean? Like it was a legitimate costume and a legitimate armor. You could you could definitely put it that way as well. So Deontay Wilder comes out. Um, when okay, talking about how things went down in the fight itself. When the the uh, the corner of Deontay Wilder, like his coaches and whatnot, they wanted to take off his costume so that he was ready to start the fight with Tyson Fury. They had a little bit of difficulty taking off those, um, you know, taking off the headpiece and just the costume itself. And when they finally managed to take everything off, 
it took them about like a good five minutes, I would I would argue. And already by then, uh, like when, when they took it off, you could see that Deontay Wilder just had this, you know, sigh of relief. And like in his in his mind, you could definitely tell that he was thinking, oh, thank God, like fresh air, you know, finally after having this costume on for so long, can finally breathe and be happy. And, you know, um, I'm just saying before I get into my analysis of this whole issue, having put on such um rigid and just weird costume before having a 12 round potential 12 round fight against a very tough opponent i I don't think that is a good idea if you if you've seen some of mike tyson's fights um back in the 80s mike tyson he would literally take a towel a white towel put a hole in it and just wear that like how well of course his mentality at that point was to resemble gladiators back in the day when they would they would come out and fight their opponents like in ancient rome like that was his mentality but okay that is a smart thing to do because the towel itself it wouldn't weigh anything and um it will, it will keep you light on your feet and uh, it, it is breathable, of course. So for Deonta Wilder to go with that costume choice, it was a little bit questionable from the beginning. And uh, again, it is not um, surprising at all that a, a few days ago in the beginning of this week, he came out saying that he had had that costume on at least for uh, for about 40 minutes prior to even starting his walkout on fight night and like i said it, the whole walkout thing took like 10 to 15 minutes like uh, including the time taken to take off all the costume off of him after he entered the ring so just do the math for yourself he had the costume on for such a long time and he allegedly said that uh the costume itself weighed uh, about 40 pounds or even a little bit more and that was the main reason why that he felt a little bit exhausted and that that actually by itself wore out his legs and that his legs were tired even prior to starting the fight and I don't okay it really does get me frustrated because when you're someone like Deontay Wilder, of course, he, he was the champion until that point. He was the WBC heavyweight champion of the world. He has so much money. He He's so well known to the world. He's one of the most important figures in heavyweight boxing right now. So my question is, how could no one in Deontay Wilder's corner or in his team backstage just tell him, listen, man, I know you just want to put on a good like pre-fight show for the fans and you want people to take pictures of you and whatnot. But listen, this is not probably wise. This looks a little bit heavier than usual. I feel like you should really focus on the fight itself. Like, the, like I understand your point, but just like this is not the best way to go i just don't understand why nobody literally nobody in his camp even had that question in mind and never even brought that up to him so it is very very frustrating but also there are some other people out there specifically on um, social media platforms people who are not necessarily fans of Deontay Wilder um, saying that okay he's just trying to come up with excuses as to why he didn't perform the way that was expected of him on fight night and this is all nonsense 
And yeah, this has had so many people frustrated in the world of combat sports, including myself. But okay, another thing came out uh, a few days ago, and uh, I've seen this on uh, on a few um, sports outlets, like media outlets. But I, I am not sure if this is actually legitimate, but I'm going to bring it out, uh, like yeah, talk about it right now on the show. So uh, <laughs> this is actually hilarious. So uh, allegedly, Deontay Wilder, after the fight, after losing the fight, he decided to go on a shopping spree. And, <laughs> and after going on a shopping spree, he goes to a store and he sees a Canada Goose coat. And he's like, oh, my gosh, that looks really, really nice. I'm going to try that on. So he takes the Canada, <laughs> Canada Goose coat. He uh, wants to try it on. But apparently, it is a really hefty and um, heavy coat so that his knees actually buckle and he falls down to the floor and he fractures his shoulder just from wearing a feathered um, coat. And okay, this is just unbelievable. And I, 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 okay, I always try my best to break out uh, only uh, uh, like uh, headlines and news, um, and like news headlines that are legitimate. But I, this one just came out a few days ago, and I feel like it, it is worth mentioning. I'm like sixty percent sure that it is fake. However, if this actually happened. I just don't know what to believe anymore. And uh, I would honestly lose my entire respect for Deontay Wilder as a former heavyweight champion in boxing. I really hope that that actually isn't true. Uh, but again, it's just like I read the news, uh, the news articles over and over last night. I'm like, this is just impossible. This is unbelievable. But I'm still going to be talking about it on TKO because who knows if it actually turns out to be true, then we're probably going to be one of the first uh, people to have it, to like have it uh, talked about uh, on a podcast. So, you know, if you if, if it turns out to be true, you know where you heard it first, man. Anyway, so that's all the shenanigans with Deontay Wilder. Um, to be honest, like all jokes aside, I really hope that he does um, recover both physically and mentally from this loss that he experienced against uh, Tyson Fury. And also, this is really important because the the rubber match, the third fight between the two, was just um, announced. Um, the uh, the specific date hasn't been announced, but the fact that this fight is indeed supposed to happen was um, actually confirmed. And um, I just wish every like both guys all the best specifically Deontay Walter um I just hope that he works on his game plan um and uh okay even if you do lose a fight just don't try to come up with excuses just take it because it is part of the game like winning and losing both both um both uh, concepts are part of sports and I feel like you should be able to take them uh take them well as equally like if you win a fight cool that's great good for me but even if I lose a fight that's not the end of the world and I shouldn't really um come up with impossible excuses to uh, put the blame off on myself okay so that's all i have to say about that um yeah as as you can tell i was really really heated up about this whole issue issue and uh yeah we'll see what happens to be honest if anything else comes out about that whole canada goose incident (laughs) i will definitely uh, talk about it on the show so make sure that you stay tuned for our upcoming episodes anyway 
So enough of that. Now let's get down to business of breaking down juicy fights for you guys because like I said, it is going to be UFC 248 on Saturday. Okay, so I really do want to get started with... Okay, actually, before getting started, it is obviously happening in Las Vegas, T-Mobile Arena. Um, Like I mentioned before, the main event is going to start at 10 p.m. Eastern time zone. And there is one, two, three, four, five overall fights on the main card. Uh, So hopefully, depending on how the fights are um, uh, going to be proceeding, uh, we're going to be seeing the main event at around midnight or like 1230 um, on Sunday. So uh, getting started with the main event of the evening. Israel Adesanya versus Yoel Romero. Now, I really do want to say that um, this is going to be a very, very exciting fight because on one hand, you have Yoel Romero, who has had such great experience. Uh, Like prior to coming into the world of MMA, he was a very, very successful wrestler from Cuba. He's competed in many world championships and also the Olympics representing Cuba. So after um, demonstrating such success in the world of wrestling, he decided to move over to crossover to MMA. And here he is, although he's not the youngest um, in the UFC roster right now, I believe he's he's around 42 years old, but he still has such, uh, he, he always demonstrates such great performances and, um, He's always so ready. He's always in great shape. And uh, having talked to him prior to this fight, um, he's actually said that he uh, plans on becoming the oldest uh, ever champion in the UFC because usually we've had people, like mostly young people, uh, becoming champions in the UFC. But now he wants to break the record for becoming the oldest ever champion in the UFC. So things um, obviously have, you know, there's been ups and downs uh, for Yoel Romero, um, definitely throughout his professional career. But one thing that has been consistent is that he's been consistently able to fight top rank contenders and actually former champions. Um, he's had a few title shots as of um, uh, recently. You guys remember his uh, fights against the former middleweight champion, Robert Whitaker. He actually had title shots two times. Um, he fought Robert Whitaker twice. Uh, but it's been... Um, Like I said, I feel like because of the fact that some of those fights are taken to decision, um, the judges don't necessarily see the fight going um, uh, his way, which I definitely do disagree specifically in some instances because the fights that he has had, the fights that Yoel Romero has been in, they've been so close at at so many instances that you could have argued that it could have gone either way or that it could have even been declared a draw. So because of that, although Yoel Romero, um, I believe most of his recent fights have actually been losses, but do not take that the wrong way. And this actually one of the reasons, main reasons why Yoel Romero is getting this current title shot is because of the fact that those losses have been so close and he could have easily won those fights given that the judges um, just had uh, a slightly different opinion um, on their scorecards. 
So having said that, I'm a huge fan of Yoel Romero's and uh, Yoel Romero, he never disappoints uh, when it comes to his fighting performance. He never really, he's not the type of guy who takes his chance. Uh, he, uh, Excuse me, let me rephrase that. He's not the type of guy who will just um, uh, stand back and uh, be cautious fighting um, his opponent. He will do anything in his power, and it does not matter how exhausted he will get in a fight. He will do everything in his power to show his dominance in a fight. And I feel like that is something that, um, in this case, specifically Israel Adesanya needs to watch out for. And I said that, okay, now I know it's a little bit, like I'm going back and forth, but uh, uh, okay, uh, it will make sense in a minute. So... I said that because Israel Adesanya, yes, he is the champion. Yes, he is a very young um, fighter and he's so, so talented. His style is so creative and unorthodox. But I feel like Yoel Romero is going to be definitely a tough challenge for him, at least among some of his most recent opponents that he has had. Yoel Romero is going to be definitely um, the toughest one for him so far. And I say that because most of this, uh, most of his past opponents, Israel Adesanya, he's been able to finish them um, early on in the fight. For example, in the fight that he had recently against Robert Whitaker, again, the former champion, in the fight that he was able to... Israel Adesanya was able to unify the middleweight championship belt for himself um, in that fight he finished the fight early on so we don't know what would have happened if Robert Whitaker actually held on and the fight did last the, the full 25 minutes um, so yes it is going to be a little bit challenging for Israel Adesanya specifically because we also know that Yoel Romero he's not the type of guy who will easily get knocked out he has a very, very tough chin. Um, if Israel Adesanya wants to be successful in this fight, he would have to... Um, uh, okay, my opinion is he would have to let Yoel Romero be explosive in the beginning of the fight. And uh, yes, although Yoel Romero, he, his um, efforts are really, really consistent... But if you if you if you're so explosive in the beginning of the fight, obviously your energy levels are gonna decline just a little bit. So for say rounds four and five, he wouldn't be able to perform uh, as extremely. And I feel like that is the that is the opening for Israel Adesanya, given that he he himself maintains his energy and that he's able to. Uh, then, um, you know, showcase his skills in the uh, in the ending rounds. So I feel like that's the way, at least, that I can think of that someone can potentially beat Yoel Romero. But having said that, uh, we haven't we haven't seen anyone fight Israel Adesanya who's had such explosiveness and power as Yoel Romero. So because of all those things, I feel like this is one of the main reasons why. Uh, this fight is going to be really, really exciting to watch because on one hand, you know, the odds are the odds are in like that high. But I feel like there's always a chance that Yoel Romero is going to do something super explosive and super fast and some undesirable things might go down with Israel Adesanya. But at the same time, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to um, not be biased here just because I like Yoel Romero. But um, at the same time, I think Israel Adesanya, if he demonstrates his wit and wisdom in this fight and tries to fight smartly instead of 
uh, going out there guns blazing, uh, just uh, actually as opposed to uh, Yoel Romero, I think that will be a better strategy for Israel Adesanya. So for Adesanya to win, he needs to fight smart, he needs to conserve his energy, and he needs to throw shots when they are absolutely necessary. And he also, uh, at the same time, needs to keep on the outside, um, uh, keep maintain his range. But for Yoel Romero, I actually would have uh, advised the exact opposite. I would advise that he goes out there he cannot wait around for the opportunity to come to him. He would absolutely have to go out there, be explosive, and um, try to potentially finish this fight if he can. So that is my advice to both of these guys. Uh, I know it's going to be a very, very exciting fight. You guys make sure that you catch up with it as well. And oh my goodness, I was going to break down Zhang Li and Yuan and Jacek as well for the Kormin event as well. But unfortunately, we're uh, really out of time. But uh, what I can say again is that this fight as well is going to be really, really exciting. Zhang Weili has been on a rise um, as of recently. And it's going to be really interesting uh, what, will, what will actually turn out on fight night. So you guys make sure that you catch up with this whole fight card of UFC 248 on Saturday night, March 7th. And, oh no, I'm just looking at the clock right now. Unfortunately, that is all the time we're going to have for this week. You guys already know, make sure you go to CFRU.ca to catch up with our previous episodes. And you can also go to SoundCloud and iTunes to catch up with our previous episodes as well. And until next time, it's your girl, Janan, right here. And this is TKO. Peace out. Peace out.